Welcome to this, ep- this week's episode of Project Esports for what is it, um, May 21st already? Wow, yeah. we are almost at June. It is almost E3 times. But I mean, beyond, before we get too much into that, we have a lot to talk about. As always, my name is Andrew Nimsgren. I am one of your hosts, alongside the hypest man of Pennsylvania, Dylan Beal, and the Canadian with an attitude, James Graham. How are you guys doing today? I'm, I'm good. good. I'm yeah, really I, know, I, know, I know Dylan's good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, you guys, I mean, if you guys follow us on Twitter, know anything about it, you all know why Dylan is good, but you'll hear about that for probably a good 20 minutes later on with the podcast. But let's try to get to that on time. So, James, lead us off with talking about the 2K League that you had so much hope for last week. I did. I, I, I've had a lot of hope for the 2K League for a number of weeks because I thought it would be this really cool experience that you just kind of check on, and it's just like normal sports, and but it's not it's it's a so i didn't i didn't realize this going into this i didn't realize this from the community but the esport the 2k league community itself or no yeah no no not so not so much the 2k league itself but the nba 2k community actually despises the league they hate it and it was it was a big shocker to me uh i like basically once the 2k league started up i was like okay cool i'll go join the subreddit so i can keep up on it stuff like that but all it is is the, so the 2K League itself doesn't have its own subreddit, so it piggybacks off the NBA uh, 2K. Uh, yeah, the 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 game itself it piggybacks off of that. So with that, any post that comes in about the 2K League is just player after player just bashing it and saying how horrible it is. And basically, because like they try and make it super technical, they try and make it like a like you know like a real game when it's not, and there's a lot less intricacies to it from the from the player standpoint so and the big thing is too for them um they don't like the personalities they don't like it's not drawn from them and now and as we've seen from a, a t- uh, twitter comment coming from um pasta padre um brian weebly basically said it's uh it's it's meager audiences continuing to dwindle it's now only drawing two thousand viewers in on a friday night with no nba games acting as its competition which is really scary because this was their big thing it was okay NBA is not on. We can watch 2K League, but that's not happening, right? So, it's it's just it's dying in its earliest weeks, which is very concerning for for me, really, because I had high hopes for it. I, I, and I'm sure for a lot of the community, kind of it, it's. I mean, I'm sure it's kind of like a like everybody loves it. But from the from the 2K community, they probably love it. But from anybody who had hopes for the league, it's not a good sign. I'm glad the players are still getting paid, though. This is the big thing, right? Like, I mean, audience numbers are not going to fuck over the players which is good, right? So, yeah. not yet at least. And I guess, yeah, so the problem is, yeah, they're not even bringing in people when there's no games on in the hypest part of the NBA year. I mean, right now it's playoffs. People yeah, want yeah. to get as much basketball as possible, all that kind of stuff, and people don't care. And when I first pitched this to you way back before the league was like, really announced, and I was kind of interviewing for that position and just kind of told you guys about it the first time, I'm like, I believe this could work because people want more basketball. They're yeah, always exactly. wanting more. And clearly, they don't. Or maybe there's a lot of more things. Like, if you go to the 2K League, first off, you think our esports is bad? Our slash NBA 2K? They're... They are as can be. Yeah. Oh. Oh. I'm back. I (laughs) I got excited to talk about this. Um, But they... 
they just hate everything about the game. When the game first came out, all like the VC prices were too high and all that kind of stuff. People yeah. just really hated on this game since the day it came out, and they tried to do some fixes, but clearly it's not. And there's problems like the best shooter in 2K, even if they hit the perfect shot with maxed out stats and all that kind of stuff, they can still miss. Yeah, that makes the game much slower. The shooting percentages, like you watch, I was watching like someone put a replay on the Reddit page, and that someone had perfect shot, and they still bricked it, and that just 2K isn't the same as regular NBA, the pace is so much slower. And, like, all those bugs that you always see, like, in Madden and 2K that, like, yeah. always make fun of happen in this game. And that's not what people want to see, these stupid bugs that remind them why they don't play 2K in the first place. Well, that's just it, too, right? Like, I mean, it, it, it reduces the amount of, like, involvement from, you know, from the community to watch it, you know what I mean? That's why, like, games like Dota, CSGO, League, like, you don't see dwindling in their, in their numbers because all these bugs are so fleshed out that they aren't found. And, like, when when something's being made, it's a produced product. And when something does fuck up, it is very, very rarely. I can count on one hand how many times I've seen a chrono break used in League, which is basically, in League, it's when the game actually restarts and they go back to a previous point in the game. You rarely, rarely ever see that. So, I mean, there are smaller bugs and stuff like that, but they don't never make it to pro play and stuff like that. Like, what's going on with the 2K League, right? The 2K League really should have fleshed out a lot of the issues with the platform they're using with the game itself um and then kind of gone from here because everything else up until this point was done right in my opinion like i think they they did the draft they they they, uh they advertised the property they hit their audience right but it's just the the execution was good but the product the plat the product they're using it on is not that's that's the biggest problem a lot of guys are saying like oh this should be done on a previous game on it should be done on uh, i think it was like 2k16 um, was, uh, I agree. Yeah, exactly. Right. So use it on the one that is the least buggy, has no issues, and the gameplay is enjoyable. Right. Plus, the other big issue is too. Um, a lot of the community doesn't want to f- feel like they want to watch this because, um, how much of a cash grab two K two K seventeen is. How much people how much people are sinking into it for the cards and stuff like that. Right. That's that's the that's a big like that's a big no no for a lot of people. Right. They don't like that shit. People don't want a, have to watch a game that's a pay-to-win game, and the pay-to-win isn't even working. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, no, I'm. It's it's shitty because I really really liked it, and I I had high aspirations for it. So unless 2K gets off its ass and fixes something quick, uh, they need to work on it. But it's hard to do that because it's a console game, right? You can do patches for console games, too much like if it's downloaded and stuff like that. But I mean, it's kind of, I don't know. I'm. It's it's concerning. Dylan, do you got anything to add to that? Yeah, I mean, it, it sucks because, like, tip-off seemed like it was pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. And then going into, like, going in, into this and not having that kind of momentum really sucks because it, it kills the game, basically, at this point. It does, um, yeah. There's there's very few instances of where you're going to have a week two of really weak numbers and then week three, four, five pick up from there. Um, that just doesn't usually happen. Um, the only time that can really happen is if there's, like, a... I don't know, like a reboot, so to speak. Um, but I think... Which is, it's too bad. I think there's too much money for there to be a reboot. Like, this isn't just some small league. This is the official NBA-backed 2K league. They can't just say, oh, we kind of screwed up. Let's just pretend all this kind yeah, of... Yeah, let's, let's just start yeah. over again, I mean, boys. Yeah. I, I don't really see it taking off as a big produced esport. Um, I think 2K still has potential to be a very strong community game. 
Um, I definitely see like small grassroots things springing up, um, especially since 2K is kind of like a, it's a friend game, you know, you're, you, you call your friend over, you're like, yo, let's play some 2K or like, let's hang out and play 2K. So I could definitely see the need being there of people going, I don't have people to play 2K with. I'm going to go down to my local, you know, I, I don't even know where, like, uh, I, I mean, I have like a, like a, like a PC gaming center down here um, yeah, that has we, console we, stuff. So that would be some place to go. I'm like, oh, I'm going to go down to this place and play. Or like, I mean, GameStop doesn't really do stuff, but like, you'd be like, oh, I'm going to go down to GameStop and see who who, who plays 2K around here because I want to get some people to play with. I could see that springing up and small tournaments like that springing up, similar to like fighting games. Like, I know, I know I always bring up the example about how more esports need to be like fighting games, but I feel like 2K has that kind of place um of where it could fit in but is in terms of being a large produced esport i don't really seeing it go that direction unless it really starts taking off in the grassroots first yeah and i mean if i think james said that like i think it really hit the audience is what you kind of said well it clearly didn't if the 2k players the people that play this game and interact with reddit which are usually part of the more hardcore fans that have probably put tons of hours into this despite hating the game, don't want this league, clearly they're not hitting their audience and they're not listening to their audience. And they're pretty much just throwing money at like, well, who cares that our number one fan base doesn't want this? Everyone else is going to want this no matter what. Like, I, I just uh, don't think the NBA listened at this. Like, I kind of so go and see the reactions. They didn't listen. I, I kind of want to disagree with that because I think we're dealing with two separate entities. We're dealing with the game designers themselves and then we're dealing with the NBA because the NBA is kind of like, you know, they're the ones behind the advertisement, the production, all that shit, right? And then it's, it goes down to the gameplay. The gameplay is on the game designers themselves. So I don't think I'm wrong when I say that the NBA hit their audiences properly because I still think they executed everything well. But, the, the like, it still hit the players because the players still know about it, right? They're still aware of it. But yeah. they just don't like it because of the product it's being played on. That's the issue, right? So I think this is more of an issue of not so much the NBA fucking up, but the game designers behind 2k screwing up because or like i mean and even saying that it's it's partially on the nba as well because they should have done more research into their platform being like okay this is littered with bugs that everybody's aware of we need to address this before we start investing money into it right so um it may nba jumping the gun a little bit but i still think it's more to blame on the game designers vice the nba itself yeah, and we can kind of bring in this next topic too and maybe compare the two a little bit and kind of talk about them. But So Rainbow Six Siege is pretty much the opposite of kind of what is happening with NBA. Rainbow Six started grassroots and was kind of built up. And just last week, they had their finals for this season and it amassed over 100,000 people. I think they peaked at like 130 to 150. I don't remember the exact number. I think it was, I think it was 150 is what I saw. 150? That's crazy that that had that out of nowhere. I mean, it was a number two game on Twitch for a while. They're behind Fortnite. Like, that's a really big number, especially with so many kind of big games and tournaments with MSI and stuff kind of going on. But they found their kind of space. And now they're really restructuring to now that they have this goodwill behind them. They've been updating it. They've been doing a lot for free. They're on the third season of content now. They're really changing over for Pro League Season 7. And they're going away from the tournament system, kind of like what Dota is, and going to a more Overwatch style or any kind of league like that, the NALCS uh, style, and going to a, like, normal season. So the season's going to run for six months with two major final events per year. 
Um, each team will play 14 matches over the season. And yeah, it's, I guess there's not too much to kind of say on the format. It's a kind of a format a lot of us kind of know and love. It's very similar to Overwatch. They have the kind of the kickoff. The season goes six months. They have a mid-season tournament like MSI. Then they have the finals at the end of the year. Um, and that um, there's going to be 16 teams, it looks like. And it starts in August and goes for six months from there on out. So we kind of see the two different sides. NBA jumping straight in with this kind of format with not much of that grassroots. And we kind of see Rainbow Six coming from kind of a shitty launch to really supporting it and growing and growing and getting that good goodwill behind them. And now they're all reputable esports. Yeah. Now, I just want you guys to go back, look at the VODs. Me and James talked about this. I went off, absolutely off on Rainbow Six saying how good their marketing was. And they just absolutely proved it this weekend. So this weekend, on top of the pro uh, finals, they also had a free weekend. A free weekend, yep. And on top of that, I noticed that a lot of organizations out there, especially the collegiate scene, um, they were they're making tweets, they're making Facebook posts, they were posting in all their groups, going, "Hey guys, like Rainbow Six is having like a free weekend. Check it out. Um, if you sign up and stuff, let us let us know once the weekend's over." And I was like, "Okay, that's that's cool. Like, let's see." And then at the end of the weekend, they were like, "Hey, if you played, uh, send an email to this email to Ubisoft email." Um, with your um, like your edu um, email um, as well as your ubisoft uplay name and they'll hook you up with some skins huh. and i was like oh that's that's so cool so not only did they have the finals for a game that they've been working on and improving so there you have you have the good game right it's the good game because uh, they've <laughs> they've been improving it and stuff which is really cool <laughs> um, and then on top of that you have an amazing spectator uh client or maybe not sorry not spectator client but spectator mode yeah. i thought it was really cool how you can do like the overlay and like you, you can like look at all the different rooms from like an up like an above angle so it's good spectator um you're engaging your audience um through like a grassroots level like the collegiate scene and then on top of that you're going hey the game's free this weekend if you want to try it out and then on top of that and the seal the deal they're like and if you want to buy it all the editions are 50% off. Starter edition is like $10. Like $10? Oh There's no reason to buy it. There's no reason not to buy it, I mean. Yeah. Rainbow it's Six perfect. good like, too. Like, I played it when it first came out and loved it. And I kind of fell off. But whenever I do go back randomly, I have so much fun just playing with a couple friends. Like, it's such a good game. And you can see the esports component. I mean, it's kind of a more serious kind of Overwatch, if you think about it, with different objectives. But it's that team-based kind of shooter. That's really well. That's been developed over years. That has been taken very seriously with good marketing, and it's fun to play. I mean, there's nothing wrong with the game at this point. I absolutely hate Ubisoft. I think they are a terrible company. Oh, but, no. but, but, no. This okay. I, this is like this, yeah, is, this is like is his butt. hatred that he loves them. No, no, yeah. it's not. I hate Ubisoft. I think a lot. Okay. They just do terrible stuff. But their game designers, their game designers are amazing. The the the, the smaller teams within Ubisoft. They just do everything so right. They do everything so right all the time. We have very um, different opinions on game companies over here. I mean, you're hating on Bethesda. You're hating on Ubisoft now. He hey. hates on Bethesda because he loves Bethesda. I That's know, the thing. Yeah. Um. Was the was the trophy still the hammer? Were they still doing that? Um. I, I can't remember. I don't know. I didn't watch the, the finals. Um. I just kind of saw them 
It's probably something kind of like that. Yeah. I, I'm not. I mean, exactly it's like it's like again, but it's a nice. It's Rainbow Six making it there, making it theirs. You know what I mean? Like it's still it's still another identity, right? So, um, yeah, no, that's good to see. I'm I'm glad they're I'm glad they're they really like basically sorted the shit out. Yeah, I guess there's not too much besides that, but like, congrats to Rainbow Six. You figured the shit out. You're not another 2K. Like you've taken your time, and that that's anything that any esport kind of look at is that. Sometimes not going straight into the Overwatch League, not being the Overwatch League and kind of working from the bottom up, doing the big tournaments and kind of getting those bigger and bigger over the years can work is that you don't have to do a formalized league from day one to be a real esport, that there's many different formats you can kind of take and clearly this works for them and they're switching over the other format because I think it's going to be better. And as the esport gets bigger, you obviously want that weekly content to keep in mind, keep people playing, you have more interaction, that kind of stuff. So I agree with the switch to the new format too versus just a couple of tournaments throughout the year. I mean, I might even sit down and watch it if I find a team I want to enjoy or something kind of like that. Like, why not? Yeah, exactly, right? But, okay, we're just kind of going through the big kind of eSport leagues. I mean, this is kind of moving over to Fortnite, something that we talk about a lot Every more than week. we should. for Every that's fucking not, week. That's not quite an eSport yet, but it's just such a big thing in video games. It's hard not to. But... Uh, Epic is finally making that step into eSport. So they announced earlier today that for the 2018-2019 season, whatever that is, they'll find $100,000. Wait. If there's... Is that $100 million? Three, Okay, if there's six zeros and then 100, is that $100 million? Six zeros and a hundred? Yeah, that's a that's yeah. hundred million, dude. Yeah, hundred million. Oh, so it's not a hundred thousand. It's a hundred million dollars for one year's uh, prizes that'll go towards. Um, it's not really exactly announced yet. What they just kind of said is that stay tuned for more details about competitive structures and eligible platforms in the weeks ahead. So a hundred million is a shit ton of money. First off, for the very first year. Um, you, now, fuck you, man. We're just kind of estimating at this point. I mean, what they just did this last week, for any of you that weren't really aware, they did, like, the first kind of, like, ranked mode. So you got to play 50 games, and then depending on how you placed in that game, you got a certain amount of points. And then the highest place um, out of everyone would get 50,000 V-Bucks, which is equivalent to $5,000 um, IRL. So they're probably, I mean, a lot of that 100 million would probably be things like that, that maybe once a month they'll do a chance that people can win $5,000. But do you think it's just going to be big tournaments? Do you think they're going to do some sort of season? I mean, 100 million is a lot to kind of dish out. Where do you think that money is going to kind of go from Epic? I really hope that what they're going to do is they're going to do like a season thing, kind of like Hearthstone, of where you literally just play the game and you get points whenever you finish rank mode like so say season one is i don't know a couple months right uh you get rank one that's a certain amount of points you get top 100 that's a certain amount of points um and then it seeds you into one big tournament because uh, i would really like to see the top 100 players throughout each season like no sorry the top 100 players yeah yeah sorry the top 100 players from each season just get flown out to a big tournament that'd be <laughs> fucking sick wouldn't it That'd it be, would be so cool. Now, the only, um, I guess the only little downside to that is like, there's certain people who are going to want to really grind it out. And then once you get to a certain point, you just like kind of step back and go, uh, 
like ninja like let's say ninja gets like one he gets first place like um for like a he like in terms of points right he's getting it he's he's getting up there he gets the points he can check out probably a fourth way through the season because like yeah, once I, you're at one you can't like it takes super long to go down i was gonna say you need to have a decay element in there that is fairly quick not i think i think I think uh, what I'd like to see is a nice mish, mix between League and Hearthstone. Because I think Hearthstone's format is probably the best way of doing this. But League's deterioration for falling out of Challenger is super fast. So I think they should really implement something like that, which forces p- top players to stay top players, right? Like, I mean, you can't have a fucking free ride, right? Yeah, but I do love the idea of I, – I, I do like that idea of kind of doing it that way. And having, like – so I guess, I don't know. There's, like, different, like, tiers kind of similar to League of Legends, like Bronze, Silver, and all that kind of stuff for Hearthstone, correct? Uh, for Hearthstone, um, it's a little bit different. They yeah. have like it's like a ranked ladder, and then at a certain point, you get put into an MMR ladder. Okay. Yeah, it's it starts at the ranked ladder, goes to it's like twenty five to one, and yeah. then there's like different like brackets with stars, and then past one, you go to you go into legend, yeah, which is then, an MMR. Yeah, system. Yeah, which is all MMR, and like yeah. from from that MMR system, if you get into the MMR system, you get a flat, I think, one point. And then yeah. from there is where you battle it out. And then, like, I think top 100 or top 500 in Legend um, from the MMR system gets additional points. Okay. Yeah, I was kind of curious. I guess I didn't know too much how Hearthstone kind of worked. But, yeah, so we think that that's going to kind of be the normal one. Do you think there's going to be a couple big invitationals or just kind of these couple of tournaments, like maybe three times a year, four times a year, they do this big tournament from the bracket or – so I hope they do the seasonal, but I like realistically what they're going to be doing is they're going to be giving away those V bucks, and then they're going to be having a ton of invitationals. Like I think that's a realistic one. Of what and not there's be. anything wrong with that, but I think with your kind of system, which I found a lot, I like a lot more because obviously anyone that wants to grind it out, kind of is good enough, can make it. Versus the invitationals, probably going to be the streamers, probably going to be the big personalities that usually kind of make those. You'll get a couple of the skilled players, but. I just feel like usually with those invitationals that if you're not affiliated or some kind of streamer, that's hard to get into some of those tournaments, especially if there's only a couple of them. They obviously they want as many people watching, which are going to be the streamer. And, well, so. and, you want, and you want the sleeper picks to this too. You want the unknowns because the unknowns create hype and like, you know, guys, like everybody likes the underdog. Everybody likes the guys out of nowhere. That's why, that's why the fighting game community stays so relevant is because every, it seems like every year you have some unknown that's like, holy shit who's this dude right and he may not place like top but he does well and you're like oh and then you and then you have this perpetual like you know like hype train which is nice right i think we should really like kind of get behind that yeah so dylan i yeah I, I thought i saw you open your mouth i didn't have one last thing i was just gonna i was just kind of still getting over the fact that it's a hundred million dollars i mean obviously fortnite's making just a shit ton of money each and every day this is nothing to them but yeah. Yeah, I'm just super excited because I, I hope they do that kind of that, that system where you can kind of grind it out and then get invited from there because I'm ready to see like big tournaments of people going, oh, like who are these hundred people showing up, blah, blah, blah. And then you just see the squad of like 14 year old boys who like every single day after school come home and they grind out that Fortnite looking for those ladder points and they just show up and just like, just like blow everyone out. I'm ready yeah. for it. I'm ready for the prodigies. I like that idea. I think they're going to do something like that. They'll do some kind of ladder system. Be That's how they did it for this last 50,000 V-Bucks one is that number one got that and you got it based on points and obviously going down you got decaying prizes from there. So I think that makes the most sense. I guess they'd have to kind of fine tune it. 
for longer seasons or limiting to how many games you can play, kind of like how it is. So obviously you have to be at your peak and that once your 50 games are up, like you just kind of hope that you're good enough in those 50 games. They didn't have to figure out the right way to do it because so many people play Fortnite that you want to give as many people a chance to compete. Because obviously more people talk about it. If they get a chance to go and compete in the tournament, they're going to go tell more people and Fortnite's going to get more popular and more people are going to go watch it. So they just got to find the right way to do it, which I don't know what it is yet, but I'm excited. So they said next couple of weeks, so I'm assuming before kind of E3, maybe mid-June, they'll kind of roll out some kind of thing for at least season four of Fortnite whenever that comes out. I'm sure it'll kind of be in effect by then, I did. But Dylan, it's your time to shine. All right, so we have a lot of topics, so I'm not going to play the entirety of the Penn State alma mater. Uh, but I'm super hyped because Penn State won the collegiate uh, Tespo Hearthstone Championship, and it was super hyped to watch. So uh, it was, you know, they made it to top eight. They made it two teams into top eight. Um, Penn State Blue and Penn State White. Uh, Penn State White was taken out, unfortunately, in the first round, but Penn State Blue made it all the way through, um, and they killed it. They, like, demolished. Like, it it, it was pretty insane because, like, they dropped a few games, but it wasn't incredibly close at all. Like, for sure it wasn't close. Um, I don't know. They just, they just, like, really blew everyone out <laughs> of the water, and what was really weird is the finals was this very strange format. Uh, so it was UCLA versus Penn State, and it was, uh, I, I, it, so like each teammate, cause so like there was three people per team, right? And so each member of the team had two lives and then three decks, but it was conquest of where you had, like, you can only get one win per deck before it was like locked. Okay. And so as soon as one person's set of decks lost twice, they had to like leave the stage. Wow, yeah. it, it's kind it, of intense. <laughs> it was it was intense. It was really long, and it was like kind of convoluted to watch. Um, what if you did? You have to have three players. Like, what yeah, if you yeah. only had one player or something? No, no. Every, like it was teams of three. That was the format okay. throughout the whole thing. Like even even uh, back to the online tournament, it was it was teams of three, which okay. is cool because Hearthstone is like a single player game. But this is a way to actually engage like colleges on like a team level. Um, yeah, it's true. Yeah. And so they did that, and they beat UCLA pretty convincingly. Um, the deck lineups were pretty standard um, for the beginning parts of it. Um, Hearthstone is going through some nerfs, um, I believe, in a couple weeks. And all the decks that they're targeting in the nerfs are basically the ones that were being brought. But what was super interesting is we got to see some kind of interesting decks um, in that really weird convoluted format I was telling you about. Because it was, because you had to bring nine decks. Like, yeah, that's nine, fucking nine like, decks is a lot. Like, you're you can't just bring a straight like tier one lineup at that point. You're like digging deep to get some like crazy stuff out there. And so people were bringing like um, Shutterwalk Shaman decks. They were um, a lot of people were playing like an aggro this like new. Uh, it's not new, but newer like aggro burn mage. Um, that not a lot of people run. People run it on ladder for sure, but these aren't decks that people are like consistently bringing um, to tournaments because they're not like the standard like top three decks. Um, so normally you would think probably like Control Priest, um, Warlock for sure, and then most likely uh, like even Paladin. But people really had to start digging for some decks. It was it was interesting, but it was good because you got to see kind of a good variety. 
Um, I know one member of, I think it was one member of Penn State. Um, he basically just played meme decks the whole time. But they were like good. They were good meme decks. But he just like played them like that was his lineup for the the finals. Um, but yeah, the finals were kind of anticlimactic because it was just so long and so grueling these past two days of competition that like the teams were just exhausted. Like they've been playing Hearthstone and like they had to fly out to California and they were just like, how did how did that wow. affect like the viewership? Was that like no, did that was, like wane? Um, there was decent viewership. It didn't. Okay. I don't think it went above ten k. Um, I mean, it's still pretty good, though, it's, right? It's, it's, awesome. it's, it's good. Like they they were they were rocking like sixty to seventy, or sorry, six to seven k um, throughout most of it, which is really good for like a collegiate Hearthstone tournament in the morning. It was it was early. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it it was yeah it was early, but it was it was good. Um, the production value was good. I didn't really like the casters all that much. Um, they People were, were ripping them apart. Oh the yeah, yeah. Twitch chat was just like tearing them a new one. Um, it was a little bit bad. They were missing lethal a bunch, but I mean, eh, what are you gonna do? Eh. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right? Um, I, I I'm really sad they didn't have like Zalay. Um, he's a Hearthstone pro. I'm sad that they didn't have him actually out there because he was casting a bunch of uh, previous games online. Um, so it kind of. But sucks wasn't that... like IEM or something going on this weekend? That wasn't there another Hearthstone tournament this weekend? Uh, yeah, which HCT. Um, which is happening in Europe, I believe. So a lot of the pros were kind of being taken out towards that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it, it was also that it, they, they didn't overlap in times at all. Um, and so it, they each had their own unique time slots. Um, but yeah, like the production was good. It's Blizzard. Like Tespa is putting it on, but Blizzard is like... Backing Blizzard it. Blizzard and Tespa are hand in hand. Like yeah. it, they, it, they might as well be the same company. Um, so the production value is there. It's, it's all really well run. Um, and then the winning team, they each took home 10k, which That's is pretty, wow. which is really good. I think I wow. think it's I think it's only scholarships. I think they have to use it for school. But right. 10k I mean, is a you, lot. 10k yeah, is a it, lot of money, especially when you play collegiate. You know what I mean? Like that's that's a ton. That's gonna help you out with your fucking tuition and all that shit so much, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. like at most of these schools, like you're not gonna hit prize pools like that for most games. No, um, here's no. The, here's the dorm is probably the highest. Uh, prize pool of all collegiate esports, um, but that's but I I, I want to put that in like in its own exception though, right? Yeah, because like, it's it's so it's such an outlier. Um, but besides yeah. that, I mean, this is one of the tournaments that pays out a lot of money. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm super super excited and super happy to see these guys because they really really put in a lot of work and the team is like nothing to scoff at. Um, so the three players, um, it was. Zeh, I think is he pronounced his name it's like Z E H. Um, his name is Adam. He's a really, really good Hearthstone player. He's probably the number one Hearthstone player at Penn State. He consistently wins a lot of their like tournaments. Um, I believe he played in like a a larger tournament, like a I think it was like called the Tavern Brawl or something like that. Basically, it was like uh, there was a bunch of small taverns, which is basically like a local. Um, like the, the fireside winner, things. Yeah, like the fireside things. So the winner of that was you know was taken out and, you know, got to play in a larger tournament. He went out. He didn't win, but he, he did really well. Um, and then Yoonjae, um, which is Capilano. Um, I just know him as Yoonjae. But he is, like, a very good Korean, basically semi-pro. Um, he lives in Korea, and, like, he, he spent a year basically playing Hearthstone and, and Shadowverse. Um, he's really good. He consistently got rank one wild legend. He's an amazing wild player. Um, oh, shit. 
<laughs> yeah, so in, he consistently places number one on, on the Asia servers. And then he was also, I don't know if he still does it, but I know he was contributing to the meta snapshot for Tempo Storm's uh, wild like tier ladder because he just played so well that he was contributing and helping them out. Um, that makes sense, yeah. So this team is really, really good. Like You'll see outliers of like Rutgers. They have a pro on their team. They're really they're really good. And like um, UCLA had Triton, which he's a really good player. But a lot of times you don't see teams with just a full lineup of just amazing players. And I mean, Penn State just has a really good lineup. And I could definitely see some of these guys, if they put in the hours, I could definitely see them placing high on ladder consistently and going out to tournaments and, and, and probably making out of their pools for sure. Um, but yeah, so that that was that, and like I said, the tournament quality itself, it was okay. Production value was high, <laughs> casters were meh, but like it, it was it was fun to root on Penn State because we don't consistently do very very well in esports. Um, like it, it, we're very consistently average. You know, able to field a lot of teams. <laughs> the teams don't do horribly. Um, but, but they don't lot, do amazing. Yeah, but they, they usually don't go to the finals, except for Hearthstone. Hearthstone, they absolutely kill it. And, you know, uh, it, it's always super hype. I mean, two teams out of eight in the finals, like, come on. Yeah you, can't, yeah, you can't really beat that for one for one college, right? And the, the big thing I love, too, is when they showed, um, they showed, like, the, the side-by-side of, like, with Penn State. It was so funny, too, because Penn State, uh, everybody just looked fairly, I want to say, like, average. Like, every, every dude was just, like, just in plain clothes, like, nothing crazy. And then I think it was, like, UCLA was, like, jerseys and everything, right? And that was a big thing, too. And, like, it's nice as a viewer to be, like, okay, these guys aren't, like, a part of, like, a crazy-ass team. There's not a shit ton of finding behind them. They are three dudes who are just, you know, like, really good at the game. But, you know, they're not, like, super into, like, the, the corporate setting, I guess, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, like, the, the like I, I always say this, but the West Coast, you know, their esports are, like, a billion times ahead of the East Coast. Yeah. Um, and so they have a lot of funding behind them. And, you know, sometimes it's it's not great to play against them because, yeah, sometimes they just, like, have teams that are super killer and they just de- de- demolish you. Um, so it was really nice to see, like, some some East Coast representation winning tournaments. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, here's the dorm um, Carolina one, right? So, like, I mean, that's yeah. the East Coast. But, like, but still, like, we're, we're, we're just recently starting to see, like, almost like evening of the playing fields so the way i always the gap is closing yeah the gap is closing like i always imagined it it was a lot like korea and na like that's how it felt between east coast and west coast like west coast felt like korea because like they just had teams like you would never dream of beating and then now it's and the funding's there too right yeah and then the funding's there and like the collegiate culture there is it the collegiate culture is also there um a lot of these schools are very tech oriented they're kind of um I, I don't know how to describe this like properly, but they're very liberal, you know. Like, you know, like oh, esports, like yeah, we're totally down for that. Like, they're yeah, they're, not, exactly, yeah. they're not these old colleges who like have old administration that don't give a shit about video games. Um, well, I mean, you got you got to think too. So, like, some of the colleges on the East Coast have been around for fucking ages. Yeah, man. like you can't have a college that's like around for hundreds of years and then be like, hey, like play for like we want to play video games, like give us money. Like, it's 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 unrealistic, but. We're starting to break down that barrier, and we're starting to see like East come in a lot more, and hopefully we're going to start seeing a lot more like administrative funding for East. Fingers After crossed. That, I don't see why not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's my, that's my rant. That's my rant about Penn State. 
Hey, and that and that's probably your last one of the year too. So that's a hell of a one to go out on. There's not much for, more for the season. For the season. For the season. Yeah, yeah. yeah calm down. We, we still yeah, got like, we still got more yeah. seasons this year. Yeah. No. Yeah. But I mean, for at least a short little uh, break that we're gonna have there, that's a good way for PSU to kind of go out. So, um, yeah. I guess the next one we're gonna transition in definitely isn't gonna be near as long. But for a lot of you guys that don't know, the federal ban on sports betting has been overturned. So now pretty much anywhere in the United States, I will, I guess Canada is really kind of doesn't include in this. I don't know where Canada kind of lays on this. Um, I actually don't know. Cause a lot of like, a lot of like esports betting is based out of the States. So if you're doing any betting, I think you, you bet in the States, but I'm not totally sure. I'll, I can look yeah. into that. I'll look into that. And to be hundred percent honest with you guys, like I had to ask someone I was working with earlier today, like, well, I, I already thought sports betting was already kind of totally legal. Because obviously it is in Vegas stuff, kind of like that. But you can go online, just about anywhere, and and bet on stuff and kind of stuff like that. Oh. So, so kind of yeah, what we have, we have like pro line oh. and stuff like that, right? So yeah, so there's already lines, but apparently this is just kind of officiating a lot of that kind of stuff. Is that some of those guys use kind of a little more shady kind of banking and stuff, kind of to get around some of those laws. So now it's just kind of totally legal. So I guess kind of what the thing I want to get out of this is that. There already was kind of some esports betting and stuff kind of like this, but do you see like betting on esports being as big as it is kind of for traditional sports? Do you see it just kind of being a small niche? I mean, do you see this having any big impact on esports really as a whole? Yes and no. So I see it having an impact in the terms of a lot of online sites being super legitimate and being super fine. Um, now it's strange because you still have a lot of in-game regulations. Um, but if you're talking about straight cash betting, um, this legitimizes a lot of websites, and I think that is good for the betting scene. I mean, I'm not super into like the the gambling yeah, scene, um, yeah. but I think it's super good for their scene because if they want to do that, and they, I, I, I'm a super big proponent of like legalize and tax it, and like make sure that like no shady stuff is going on. Like if you want to gamble yeah. in video games, that's fine, but like make sure it's legitimate. Make sure you're not like you know taking 12 year olds CS:GO skins. Like, make sure it's, like, a legitimate business. Um, and then, so I think that's good, and I think they should push that. But I don't think it's really going to take off in terms of, like, casino bettings or, like, um, I was actually watching some IRL streams from Vegas, and I didn't realize this, but you could just bet on anything there. Like, you go to sit yeah. down at a restaurant, and they just have, like, weird number games on the TVs, and just people are like, oh, yeah, just, like, like you sit down and you order your food, and, like, there's another menu of just, like, games, like just random games that people are like what the fuck? you just bet on anything um that's crazy yeah it's crazy and like i think that's cool but i don't really see like an irl thing for uh like video like esports betting um but i could see certain locations and like doing it like i think it'd be really hype if there was like some sort of like legitimate betting system with evo because it's in las vegas and that'd be really yeah. cool because like oh, yeah because the side bets and stuff are really hype and stuff with evo because like there's always like the dude at evo and he's like he's like has a bunch of money and like he's calling out to the crowd and like people are like doing side bets and stuff like that um but like i don't know i i see it working in certain uh, situations but i don't see it being a, a a giant overall thing that's like as big as like horse races i was yeah. i was just gonna say i don't think the 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 bulk of viewership and the bulk amount of people who are interested in this sort of thing have the sort of money to perpetuate the esports betting scene. It's just a reality. It's a reality of the of the of the viewership and who the content really touches. You know what I mean? Like you're talking from an age range that realistically 
doesn't have a lot of spare spending money. It's not, we're not there yet. You know what I mean? Maybe once um, mine and Dylan's generation and the generation above us makes it to the 40, 50 range when, you know, you're established, you have your money and stuff like that. And esports is, as I, as the three of us kind of like agree, is going to be a bigger thing. That's when you're going to see this kind of take off. So I think it's good. I think I'm glad it's like the, the foundation is now laid, but I think it's going to take a while for it to be, be this really big thing that, you know, like rivals, you know, like, uh, like horse racing or, you know, like betting on like the Super Bowl and shit like that. You know what I mean? Like, it's like the market just doesn't have the money yet. I, but I think I, I agree. It's not a bad thing. I don't, I like, I'm, I'm glad that we've, you know, it's been ironed out. Right. Depending on how big it gets and what you can all bet on, I'm going to start putting, depending on the odds, at least a couple of dollars on the, against Shanghai every single week in the Overwatch League. It's like the Browns. You're going to make you like two cents on the dollar. Uh, yeah. That's the thing. So maybe you'd go the other way and you just bet $1 on Shanghai every week, and it's and probably going to be like 50 to 1 odds. So then you only have to win one out every 50 weeks. I th- that's like some sort of like fallacy. Like there, there's, some, there's something there of where like that, that doesn't work out, but sure. It's just, well, it's the same thing, like, um, like you know, like with the Gold Knights and stuff like that. When you start seeing expansion teams happen oh in like God. the like in the NALCS or the EU LCS, especially when the EU LCS takes off, you start betting on these unknown teams. Like the payout for the Vegas Knights to like hit the Stanley Cup, like, win five hundred to, to win it, to win it, it's like it's crazy. The odds are ridiculous. So if you see that and you translate that over to esports with new expansion teams and stuff like that, you can have that kind of turnover again, right? And again, and then uh, now the nice part now, it's legal. Right, so that's 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 wicked. I mean, you think about it. Yeah, next year the NALCS, you put five bucks on each of like the three biggest underdogs, and if one of them wins it, you hit the big money. Well, I know, I know, in, I know, in Proline right now, you can bet on NA, EU, and China at the moment. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, which is sick. Uh, my coworker came and he was like, he showed me the card, or he showed me like the stub, and he's like, look at this shit. You can bet on RNG, and I was like, oh my god, that's that's insane. So yeah, no, it's really cool. Yeah, so I, I kind of agree with Dylan. I don't think it's going to be revolutionary. And I agree with, you made a good point, too. I don't got money to bet on esports. Really. There are some people, they are getting better where it's more people are going to have disposable income kind of in the long term. But it just kind of opens up for that, starts it small, and then kind of grow as the industry grows, as people start getting money. I mean, I don't think it really hurts sports as a general. I don't, so I don't think there's anything bad coming from this, yeah. Yeah, so I guess with that, you have about a good 15 minutes here, tops, to kind of go into this. I think it's going to be a good conversation. So let's hear what you got. We already pushed it off one week, so. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so for anybody who's curious, the, 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 the topic of discussion is should North America be a wildcard team? Should they be considered a wildcard team in MSI who has a Specifically much- in League of Legends. Specifically in League of Legends, yeah. Should they have a much harder journey for, for Worlds and for MSI? Those are the two big ones, right? That's who the, the NA, or that's where who the wildcard region affects. Um, their, their process of getting into the actual competition is much more grueling. It's much more cutthroat because the wildcard regions are considered much weaker. Um, we have seen some prevalence in the newer wildcard regions with, um, with Vietnam solidifying their own spot. Um, this, uh, I think this is the first major one that we've seen a shift from somebody going from who wasn't a guaranteed spot to who is a guaranteed spot. Now we're talking about should one of those guaranteed teams be taken away from a guaranteed spot, and that's North America. Um, North America, 
despite some of their players. Um, I, I, I praise Doublelift to no end. He had a great, he had a phenomenal MSI. He, he's still showing up, especially with all the shit he's gone through this year. I think he did incredible. Um, but North America as a whole did not show up. Um, they basically, they, they were on par with Evos for most of it. Um, and many of the wildcard teams that had to basically do that journey and then got knocked out by both Evos and, um, oh my God, I'm drawing a blank here. The other, the other wildcard team that made it through or that had the guaranteed spot. Um, oh my God. I don't remember. I'm going to, I'm going to look this up really quick while I, while I rant. Um, but, uh, yeah, no. So basically a lot of those teams players, uh, GBM specifically was very, fairly vocal about this, um, was upset because NA looked way weaker than the other teams that were guaranteed. So he was curious. He, he wanted to know why didn't I have to go against NA because we had a chance of beating NA. Um, why did we have to go against Evos and, um, Oh my God! Who, uh, Fnatic? Was it? No, it wasn't Fnatic. No, Flash Wolves, wasn't it? No, it was. It was. They're Flash. Done, aren't they? I'm trying to figure this out. Oh my God! I feel I feel awful right now because I watched the entire fucking thing. Um. No, well, yeah, it was Flash Wolves. It was Flash Wolves. Yeah, that's what I thought. So, yeah, yeah, my apologies. So, like, and again, and again, Flash Wolves is a is a like a tried and true like uh, organization that's made it has done a well all the time. And like, I mean, we saw it in groups. They they started on fucking six and zero, which is ridiculous, right? They had this crazy start. Um, they ran they ran it through everybody. So who they had to go against, which is totally fine, but having to go through Evos was a whole nother kettle of fish that again initially looks stronger than NA and of course Flash Wolves is like way way like I mean if there was any debate of the teams that should be switched it should be Taiwan in North America this is the big thing I mean very noteworthy personalities kind of weighed in on this um I'm a cutie pie being a big one and I mean he wasn't even saying it jokingly like he does with a lot of stuff he was pretty serious he's like why aren't why aren't we an NA team or why aren't we a wildcard team we're not we're not showing up we're not performing right so this then this is kind of the discussion do you demote a team on skill or because of their funding? Because the NALCS has so much money, right? This is the big thing. They're the first ones to start franchising. They're the first ones to do a lot of things. Do you want to take a guy, like a team, like, you know, a region that is so, that has so much money in it out of the equation and make it a risk of them not getting there? I think wildcard would be a little. Well, okay, so obviously we're biased. I mean, that's kind of what we said last week, even. I kind of talking people about this, like, kind of between weeks and stuff, kind of like this. I think wildcard be really kind of a big drop down. I think maybe going into, like, the emerging regions, like where um, Flash Wolves and Evos were. So they didn't have to play through the play-in stage. No. They were guaranteed a spot, and they just had to beat the play-in stage teams. Correct, yeah. So I think... If anything, that NA gets knocked down there. Actually, I was kind of talking to um, Sam about just casual nine on Twitter. I was kind of asking what he kind of thought. He, he was kind of someone that I followed. He talks a lot about League of Legends. And this was kind of something he thought, and we talked more about it, and I really kind of agree with it, is that we're – it's not like we lost every single game. We still no, won a couple of games there. We kind of had the better second half. Yeah. And we beat Evos. No. We beat one of those two teams. We we. <laughs> Our track record was not good, man. It was not good at all. We made it. We made it to tiebreaker. That's what, like so. 
like our overall record for MSI was bad. It's not worthy. It was bad. It was. It, I don't think it's bad. worthy. Hmm? Four and seven is where we ended up, right? Four and seven after tiebreaker. Yeah. Okay. Four, four. Yeah. Four and six. Evo's finished two and eight. Yeah. So what I'm saying is that like. We're not really – I mean, yeah, Evos had, like, I think, great day one. I think they started out 2-0 or something like that. So, like, I definitely agree that we're not tier one. We're not – we're below Europe. We're below China. We're below Korea. I don't think there's any question about that anymore. So, But I don't think we're quite below – Flash was good amazing. But we're definitely not below um, whatever Evo, uh, wherever Evos is from. So, yeah, Vietnam. So we're in that middle region. So I think that immersion regions would be a good place for us. Um, because we're not at the bottom tier. We do have the money. We do have the fan base. So that's kind of a good compromise. Like, we're not guaranteed a spot anymore. We actually have to play and earn it somewhat. But we have a better chance of getting in. So they have that viewership number. So it's kind of a balance for Riot yeah, and where we deserve to be. That's just it. Do we think, do we think Riot's going to be like, they, they draw too much viewership. They bring too much, they too, bring too much money. Like, they're not going to get dropped. And I think we're going to see controversy within the esports community, um, sp- uh, like or the League of Legends esports community, with does NA deserve to be there and are they being kept there for their financial and viewership reasons, right? Like, and I think that's why the immersion reason is the best one because it's a compromise. They get dropped down from the top four because they don't belong there anymore or you switch them with Flash Wolves because – but they're really I, the I, only I, team I, that comes out of there, aren't they? I mean, has anyone else came out of Taiwan and really done well? Um, not really, no. The the second seed teams, um, like typically in worlds that come out of Taiwan, aren't don't do well. They so that's usually... what I'm curious. So like, yeah, I think we're at that same point because like we have one or two good teams, and everyone else below that would really probably get their ass whooped at worlds. I mean, like, most like, yeah, like I, it's 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 hard to say because it, it does come down to a like a type of play style and stuff like that as well. But I agree. I think emerging like doing the swap of Flash Wolves with North America is probably the even the even medium right i but i i think bring up but so you're switching north america with the team flash wolves you're not switching north america with taiwan because it's only flash wolves and yes only, they deserve to be flash there flash. but yeah. the region doesn't deserve to be there and, that's, that's the true. problem i and i think i think i think last year this 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 setup is validated because um, Flash Wolves did not perform well last year. They had a very, very lackluster run in Worlds. They got taken out super early. But again, so did we. We got fucked. Like, you know what I mean? Uh, Immortals made it the longest run. And that was through. And they had, like. Well, like, that semi- semi- no, that wasn't semifinal. That was quarterfinals. It was quarterfinals, yeah. They, and they had, like, uh, debatably the weakest group. That was the thing, too, right? Yeah. Their, groups, their group placement wasn't strong and stuff like that. But I think this is going to create a discussion for 2019 MSI, depending on how NA. Does so we have to bring in our worlds, but I mean, I think I, I, a long this, time before we get dropped down to a play-in team. We're not think, there yet. I don't think we're there yet. I don't like. I think. I think probably our second and thirteen teams might be. Um, I think we don't deserve all three slots like we, we've been getting. I think you don't think Team Solo Mid could have won three games at MSI, or they didn't beat Team Liquid. They didn't beat. I asked you, hundred thieves, hundred thieves. You don't think they could have took two games? And matched Evos at least. I think they could have. I think 100 Thieves could have matched Evos, but it's again, it goes back to play styles because you have the 100 Thieves play style against a Team Liquid play style, and Team Liquid's just prevailed. But there's nothing that says the the old guard of 100 Thieves could have done something at MSI. I think, yeah. but as I said, second seed, third seed, not a fucking chance, not a chance. And I backed up. I know T. I know 
yeah, Team Liquid. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I think I, we're not a powerhouse. North America is in no way a powerhouse in North America, in uh, League of Legends, in, NA, in the LCS at all. I definitely agree with that. So, yeah, I, I think the emerging region is where we're going to end up in 2019 because of the controversy. Unless we somehow pull off a miracle and go and win Worlds, if we win Worlds one out of every eight years, we'll stay in the top tier. But until we somehow be the Korean team, which will not happen in Worlds, it, or, and we have to be Chinese teams and Korean teams. I mean, like after, after, after MSI, uh, China's looking pretty strong. Uh, congratulations, Uzi, by the way. That was yeah. fucking crazy. Um, I watched every game of that series. That was insane. Um, we do have a comment from Zenrar. Uh, who do you think is the best team in NA if it's not Team Liquid? Because that, that's because that's, that's a good question too. Because a lot of people don't think Team Liquid deserve to be where they're Fly at. Quest. Number one. FlyQuest. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I think I think Worlds really dictates what happens to it, or it should dictate. It should dictate what happens to North America in MSI, I think. Um, in well, the, what are other regions going to do if they don't bump NA now? Are they just going to drop out of the LCS? Like, they're, they're still going to play. They'll be pissed yeah. off, but they're still going to play. I think, I don't know. It just depends on how much international backlash there is. Um, and I think if we see backlash from China, Korea, yeah. or Europe. But they don't those... care. That's an easier team for them to beat. That's a team that doesn't deserve to be there that they can just beat. Yes and no, but, like, I mean... <sighs> You're still going to see players be like, why the fuck are we playing these people? Like, I mean, you got to remember the GBM is Korean, right? So, I mean, he's like, he still represents a portion of that region despite being on another team, right? So, yeah. um, mind you, GBM's kind of been like outcast from Korea. He's, that's, why, that's why he's he's not there anymore. But um, I think, I don't know. I think we need to see consistent performance. from. There's two factors. Taiwan needs to perform perpetually well, not just the Flash Wolves, but somebody yes. else. We they need, need to someone needs to come in. If someone comes in and if two teams from Taiwan makes it to the quarterfinals and Worlds this year, then they deserve. We don't to be deserve a spot. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I, so I think that and NA needs to have another lackluster performance, which could happen. It could happen, and I mean, no. like this is just it. I'm, I'm, I'm probably the least. I'm the least biggest fan of NA from NA. I don't like, I, <laughs> I always cheer for wildcard teams. I always cheer for Europe uh, because it's what I started watching. Right. So um, we do need to see somebody else step up. Um, and I don't, I don't know if it's going to happen. Like just, just for, just for context, um, AHQ is the other big team that comes into Taiwan. Usually um, AHQ has some very, some very reputable players. Um, I'm trying to remember the assassin player from mid lane. Um, who I think actually retired. No, Westor. Yeah, Westor, who was a was a huge player throughout many years. But he since he f- kind of fell off, HQ hasn't had a chance. So I mean, we see because that's who I'm predicting we're seeing. We're gonna see Flash Wolves. We're gonna see HQ unless they they both need to make quarterfinals and NA needs to drop the ball like severely. Yeah. Dylan, do you have anything to add from your wide depth of League of Legends uh, knowledge? I just saw River Shen video. It's a good video. Google River Shen on YouTube. Good League of Legends video. Oh my god. There we go. That is our expert League of Legends pocket caster here, Dylan Beal, the number one League of Legends caster in the world. Um, I guess anything, I mean, I know we can talk about this for ages. Is there any other big points? So we know where we kind of stand that we're kind of at a stepping point. NA doesn't belong there anymore. We're kind of waiting out to see how the rest of this year goes. 
And then I think this would be another topic like around Worlds. I'm sure this will come up again. We'll really bring this back up then. But until Worlds, is there any other comments you really want to get out? Until until Worlds with like with League? Yeah. Um, about this kind of topic. About this, uh, about, as far as like placement and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, not. I I would almost debate that Europe doesn't deserve three teams as well. That would be my other debate. I think Europe's in the same place um, because, I mean, historically their third place team hasn't done well. Yeah, but I mean, if you're comparing everything to China and Korea, no one deserves to be in a tournament except China and Korea. Yeah, well, I mean that's true, but I mean you, but you're not going to. Is that there needs to almost be a region, but between China and Korea and Taiwan and Vietnam. Like, that's where NADU are. Yeah, pretty much. There's just such big skill gaps between the highs and the lows in League of Legends. Well, that's just it. We see such such crazy differences, which is which is kind of ridiculous. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so I, yeah. I think that's something I'm not wrong with. They deserve to be there more than NA. Yeah. I, mean, that's I, 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 I definitely agree, yeah. But I think that's going to wrap it up for this topic for this week. I guarantee it's coming up. I mean, there will be more discussion about this. From the league community, it's just going to keep getting bigger and bigger as they continue to choke at tournaments. So, um, I guess with that, I mean, this was a good episode, guys. We kind of cruised through a lot. I mean, we actually tried to kept it under an hour with having two big topics from both of you guys, which is awesome. But that is going to do it for this week's episode of the Project Esports Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, I don't have it up. Oh um, my goodness. Um, just I was scared. <laughs> follow us on whatever you can. It means the world to us. If you're watching us on Twitch right now, push that little heart button and throw that follow for us. These are really trying to hit Twitch affiliates so we can give you modes. We can do more with you guys and really take the Project Esports to the next step. If you're listening to us on podcasts or YouTube, subscribe, leave a comment. Every little thing. Even go and tweet on Twitter. Dylan will kind of tell you about the kind of the thing we got going on right now with social media. But we're just trying to do whatever we can to kind of get out there to more people. We really just want to reach as many people to kind of share our passion, share the somewhat information that we have, and just try to build a community that wants to talk esports all the time because that's why we're here. Yeah, and so like Andrew said, um, we're going to be pushing uh, for affiliate. Um, and with that, we're kind of giving people a little bit of a shout out. Um, so if you quote tweet us, retweet us, help get our name out there on Twitter, um, we'll you know plug you in at the end of the episode of every single episode leading up to watch, getting Twitch affiliate. Uh, so that list right now, which just grew, is at Kasinia Ilya, at the Banhammer, at Better underscore Esports, and at Better Zenos King. Or sorry, at Zenos King. Uh, I see you, Peter. Thanks. Uh, so uh, yeah, uh, we go live every Monday at nine thirty <laughs> Eastern Standard Time, um, and all the VODs and all the audio files go up on every single podcast network um, the following day. Um, we're also live on Twitch every Thursday night um, with kind of special content. And we'll have some more information later this week about that um, around the same time. And then Friday, the following day, um, we'll get that up out there for you guys to watch the VODs of that. Yeah, guys, um, I do know this part. Uh, with that, I'm James. <laughs> I'm Dylan. <laughs> And I'm Andrew. Thank you very much for struggling with us at this last part of the Project Esports podcast. See you guys on Thursday.